Welcome to the Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce, and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Well, welcome to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show. Good morning, babe. Morning, dear. So we're back in our Northern California home with walls and all that good stuff, which is kind of fun. So um, what are we talking about today? We're talking about the Me Too movement. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, we've we've made a commitment uh, to keep this conversation going because I think the more we talk about this, like with anything, the easier the conversations become, right? The the concepts have to evolve and everybody's getting used to the first wave. I think that uh, it's in the media enough to continue to remind people to respect personal boundaries and such. So everybody's getting the message. The question is whether they're going to follow the message. Right, right. That's always the question, isn't it? Right, uh, right. And and I think that uh, what I'm reading, too, is that there, there really is quite a generational gap um, in terms of how we're viewing the Me Too movement. Um, and there's also a gender gap around how we view the Me Too movement and different pockets around the world, um, cultural gaps. So I think we're all looking at it through our own filter, which is very natural. And But we have to really be able to have some kind of commonality and some common ground of understanding in order for this movement to really create the cultural shift that it needs to create. Well, it has to has to evolve into our normal etiquette, our ah. dating our dating etiquette, for example. You know, we have old things that we used to do. We used to go up to the door and ask the father permission to take the daughter out on a date. Yeah, no, nothing patriarchal about that, That's is there? That's not happening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. But I think it's I think it's important for parents to know who their kids are dating. Um, you know, we as parents and when we're responsible for our kids, it is our it is our right and our responsibility to know who they're hanging out with and to know their friends and their friends' parents and and so that we have some kind of sense of what our kids are getting into while they're under our roof. Well, and I think that that's where the angst is with any change is the unintended consequences and the unintended uh, things that you can't predict that are going to happen as a result of that. So there was something good about the the boy introducing himself to the father so that that might have provided a little bit of protection, but, uh, uh, but then it could be used differently. So it's abandoned. So now that uh, both concepts are lost. And I think people are trying to understand the Me Too movement and what all of the other uh, ramifications are of that for them personally. And it is different based on age. Uh, the millennials are looking at it quite differently than the baby boomers. Yes. Well, th- that's and we, we we would expect that because they're living at a very different time than, than we did. And and it's one of the phrases that I heard this morning, um, the cultural reckoning, which I kind of that that kind of is a jolting term a reckoning. It's like the day of reckoning. And I think the Me Too movement when it first I mean, ironically, Tarana Burke um brought this out a dozen years ago and started the hashtag me too. And it didn't really get a lot of momentum until uh, 2017 when um, 
Alyssa Milano and some of the other younger actresses came out with their claims against Harvey Weinstein. So it it did take some time for that to to gain some more momentum. But but when we think about the 60s and Gloria Steinem and some of these other really powerful uh, feminist movement uh, creators, they were talking about these things too. They this isn't something new. So we're just we're just hearing it in a different way. And with I think social media, that has changed the platform significantly for how these things evolve much more quickly. Well, it's worked its way down to the individual instead of just the powerful power brokers in large businesses and such. They have the most to lose, seemingly. Right. <laughs> but now it's worked its way all the way down to the individual. And we're just, you know, we need to spin it a different way and say, okay, let's, let's, I, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable that's around me. So, let me know what the new rule etiquette rules are, and it's easy to follow them. I think one one of the things that I've um, heard a lot of men say is, "Well, I guess I, I guess I'm just gonna not date. I'm just not, I'm not gonna be around women. I'm not gonna hire women." You know, we go into that defensive posturing. I'm gonna stop being with women. They're just, you know, they're they're wrecking this thing that we've got going, <laughs> and uh, so there's that defensive response and. When I hear that, my my response back is, okay, okay, because clearly you need a break. You need a little time out to regroup and rethink your your way of being with women. Because for the guys who, who think that the way that they used to be with women without pausing to really think it through is going to be okay, they're going to end up in trouble. So the, it does take time to kind of rethink, gosh, what what have I done that might have been interpreted as, ab- as aggressive or inappropriate? So you're saying that the pause in dating for a man that's not sure how he's behaved is logical or not logical? Well, I think it's very logical, and I think it's I I, I highly recommend it. Right. Yeah. So. No, I'm very supportive of that. That's what I mean. When they say that, I think. When people get defensive, they're looking for somebody to say, no, 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 you don't really have to do that. And so when when I hear men say, I'm going to stop dating women, I say, okay, good, because this is a good time out for you to really rethink how it is you're being with women in the world. And then when you're ready to come back in, you'll come back in with perhaps a new awareness that will make both you and the women that you're around feel safer. Right, right. Uh, and I think that that probably will happen. Yeah, it's fine. And, and, and women need to understand that when there's not as many invitations or that there's this pause, that that's just the time that's necessary to rethink the new social etiquette. It's not, it's not, it's not vindictive or mean. It's just oh, believe me, a pause. It's, it's not a punishment to women. I mean, there, it's, I think the guys who think that that's somehow punishing women, I mean, that's how it's being perceived is I'm going to punish women for standing up for this by not dating them. And they don't understand that women do not see that as a punishment by any stretch of the imagination. They are delighted by that pause because it's not been working out so well for women. I mean, the number of bad dating stories that I hear from women about how guys are shoving their hands down their pants, shoving their hands up their shirts, 
pushing them against the car without any conversation on a first date, just push, 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 push. Those guys need to stop dating. Right. Yeah, right. they really well, do. And, and they should pause because we were just reviewing some of the articles on Me Too and the, the number of, of uh, actual rapes that occur, uh, the reporting of those is quite low. Right. But uh, it has doubled in the Me Too era. Yes. So uh, just, very just bad assaultive misbehavior is much more likely to result in a report. Mm-hmm. Now, those reports can be used in a lot of different ways, but just the fact that it's going to be reported in itself is preventive. Right. I think I think nobody, a lot of people don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and they certainly don't want to be reported. So, so I think it has caused a, a, a pause in the behavior. I spent some time trying to find some new information about a recent assault, you know, and it's very hard to find. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, w- I have to wonder, um, I, ha- I hope that that's because there has been a huge cultural shift that perhaps people aren't assaulting anymore. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I have to wonder if it's, if, if it, if that's true, because it does seem that the longer, the longer span between the assault and and the time that when you go to report, the easier it is to speak your truth. So I'm hoping that women who and men I will who have been assaulted, really, I mean that they aren't waiting for too much for more time to go by to report because it's just easier to report it later. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, there's an optimistic view and a pessimistic view. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> well, I, but I think it's it, there's a there's a reality because we're seeing, you know, when people say, "Well, why didn't she report it thirty years ago?" You know, and we have to understand that it's it's hard to report it when you're in the middle of the trauma. It's that that's a very difficult it's a very difficult thing because number one, you're dealing with your own your own emotional um, vulnerability. We all we already have information that it's being reported more. Yes. Fifty percent yes. more rapes are being reported. So I would have to assume that that more um, businesses are also having more reports of inappropriate behavior. That they're having the the HR departments are probably deluged with things that they have to to deal with now, as they re-educate their workforce on how and what behaviors are appropriate, and institute their new guidelines. I mean, all these companies, the Me Too movements uh, rippled all the way through our whole society. It's creating a cultural change. Yeah, and I think there should be some and. Anticipation of some unintended consequences, though. Yeah. There's going to be a few, but then we'll deal with those, too. When you say unintended consequences, I I always hear there's going to be a downside to this. Is that what you're meaning? Is that an unintended consequence, or is it just an unintended um, behavior, un- unintended, something that we didn't see coming? Well, I mean, it's it's by definition something that you can't, you can't predict. You have to put something in play and then see how it works. 
mean, anything that's new has that possibility. That's sure. why newness creates a little bit of hesitation and uncertainty. The first time you go up in a rocket ship, you're kind of wondering <laughs> if they got it all right. That's for you know? sure. <laughs> Those I mean, bolts. The Boeing 737 MAX 8 crash. That was an unintended consequence. Nobody wanted that to occur. Right. They didn't see it coming. They had good intentions, and it, it's it's uh, sad. So unintended consequences are reality. They're they're not uh, they're not vindictive. They're just something that occurs. So when we come back from the break, I'd like to talk a little bit about the idea of intentions versus outcomes, and and how. Uh, so often we're hearing that in these reports that, but but I had good intentions, and then how those intentions perhaps were received. And um, I think we have we have a presidential candidate that's kind of dealing with some of that right now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. So we're going to uh, be talking more today about the Me Too update. And how this might be influencing your life, you can call into the show or you can write any questions you have about this or comments or stories to Dr. Nancy, D R N A N C Y, at drnsp.com. We would love to hear from you. This is an important topic and we want to keep it going and alive and well and positive and, and helpful. Um, I think that's that's my my main goal. So we're going to take a break, give our sponsors a little time, and we'll be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and uh, Dr. Mark and I are here talking about the Me Too updates. 
And yes, we want to keep this movement going. We want the conversation to continue. Yes. Even if it's difficult, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to have those tough conversation. Yeah, and I think there are times it is difficult because it's it is a very tender topic and when we have to remember when we have these tender touchy topics that affect us emotionally or trigger us that we need to do it in a safe zone and so learning about the oasis that we teach about communication if you want to have these conversations I get in touch with me so that you can learn this technique of being in a safe place to have these conversations with people that you care about so that you can feel heard and not necessarily uh, presented in a way where, where people are going to be, be defensive by your angst or your, your frustration with it. Because for those of us who have had Me Too experiences, it is, it, it is emotional. I mean, there is no way around it when you feel that you've been overpowered or uh, your power has been taken away from you by not having your yeses or your noes honored. And, you know, we talked a little bit at the break about intentions. And a lot, I don't, I don't believe that most human beings go into any situation with ill intent. I think that's rare. I mean, I'm sure there's some manipulative people out there, but that's not what we're talking about. Most of the time there's, there's a, 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 a conscious in, intention of, perhaps just getting what you want without really even pondering whether this is what the other person wants. Well, conversation's difficult because there's a a back and forth component to it. And the nonverbal conversations are even more difficult uh, because you're looking for verbal and nonverbal clues as to what you've done is okay or not. And it's just fraught with all kinds of, uh, of, uh, difficult interpretations, I think. So everybody is trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about Me Too, there's the power struggle, you know, the company, I want a job, that's used as leverage to get sexual favors or something like that. But I think we can back it all the way down to personal boundaries. You know, the Me Too movement is a broad concept that talks about, <laughs> you know, personal boundaries. Now, if you're thinking about men, the intentions is to have sex. To get laid. To get laid, have sex. <laughs> so, so what is a, are, are men always thinking about that in every I mean, interaction they I mean, have with another human well, being? Well, we, we tease about it, but it's it's certainly harder to, to assault a man. I, mean, <laughs> I think men are, I think men are, not, are, are more vulnerable. I mean, I think, you know, again, there's no such thing as sexual assault if the if the um, action is coming from somebody that you want it to come from. <laughs> so it's only when it's happening by somebody that you don't want to be sexual with that it feels like an assault. Right, right. So you have to back it all the way back out. I think it was interesting. You know, you mentioned before the break that we there was you know this recent occurrence with. Uh, uh, Joe Biden mm-hmm. and uh, and inappropriate touching and, yes. and making people feel icky or comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you interpret his behavior varies widely, be depending on who you're talking to. Sure. And um, what I thought was interesting, though, is is that you thought that his intentions were somewhat testing the boundaries of sexual 
edges, you know, kind of waiting to see, well, maybe this person will come back to me with Definitely. something that I can interpret as, as as sexual. And other people were saying, no, that's just him. That's just how he behaves. That's just how he does. That's well, just, he, I, I would love a- to study some films of him and to see who he's choosing to kiss on the head or kiss on the forehead or rub their shoulders or put his arm around. It's like watching Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton didn't do that to everybody. Only people he was attracted to. So you have to look to see who people, because if you're hugging every single person, man, woman, child, then chances are that's just your style. You still need to come back and ask for permission, but but I don't. I, I would be. It would be fascinating to view his films. So that's why there's yeah the the possibility of misinterpreting his intentions. Right. So then he needs to learn to verbalize his intentions so that they can be refused. Yeah. Or not. Why is it so hard to refuse? Oh my gosh, that's a that's an age old lesson that we've been taught from childhood to not hurt other people's feelings. You know, we've been, we've been, it's so deeply ingrained in our cultural mindset that you don't say things that hurt other people. You tell little white lies that that's okay because that's to protect somebody else's feelings. You don't want to embarrass somebody else. You don't want to make them feel bad. Um, You, you're, it's always about being socially acceptable. Now, you know what the unintended consequences are of being socially acceptable. Blunt or blunt, refusing or yeah, you could you could be rejected or beat up. I mean, as women, but as women, we are we're we're always a little bit in fear that we're going to be harmed in some way with our bluntness, uh, and or we're going to be called thought to be just too harsh, not not girly enough. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, especially coming from a, a female perspective about not speaking our truth. And that's what we're work, trying to work on with our girls is to let them know that their their truth is well, for, valuable. For ever in a situation where you feel like if, you, if you're going to refuse something, it's going to result in violence, um, let's get out of there before you do the refusal. Right. Instead of doing the refusal, let's just leave. That sounds great in theory. But what if you're married to that person or what if that person's your boss and you need the job? You can't. You've got kids at home to feed. You're a single mother. You're young. You're not skilled. You're not educated. You don't know you have other choices. You feel trapped. Then what? Well, we're educating them to say you need to leave. Right. Anyway, that's but, the, that's the unintended consequence. And whenever you do a refusal, yeah. You have to accept that consequence, but it, and on balance, that's the better of the decisions. The decision to go along with it and continue to be at risk is no longer a good option. This is true. On the other hand, why are we always making it about her having to do something and not hold him responsible for making her feel threatened? For if 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 he's in power and he's making it seem like she doesn't have a choice or she'll get fired or hurt. We've, we have a culture of men that one feel entitled to get what they want from women, that women are there to give to them. 
And then if they don't, they're entitled to punish them in some way, shape, or form. Well, this is this is 2019, and mm-hmm. we have the Me Too movement. Yeah. I'm glad we've come full circle, dear. Yes. Because you should, if you're in a situation that where it could erupt into violence, you know, don't don't put out that last. I mean, that's like the rage thing. You don't have to give them one more push to see if they're going to be violent. Just get out of there. And and anytime somebody has a tendency to be violent, report them. And if it's at work and your job's in jeopardy, you report them. That's what Me Too is. That's the safety valve now. You know what I was taught growing up about rape? I was taught that if a man is threatening to rape you, just let him. <clears throat> just be just lay there quietly and accept it because it's better than being killed. Well, that's not the current teaching. <laughs> just saying, but I but there's a I I'm a baby boomer, so there's a massive amount of women out there that were raised with that same mindset. Yeah, but, but you know what the current treat, ter, the current recommendation is. Is to fight. Right. Fight okay. back. So right. you've got you've retrained yourself and yeah. you've learned. Yes. And we've done that base. So we, we have to get current. I think that that's the thing that really is hard for me is, is that I, we keep hearing of things things that have happened in the past. I'm looking for information that tells me where are we at today? What are we learning today? I understand, but we have to look at what's happened in the past because that's the mind that we've created of the culture we have. Our past, <clears throat> how we've been raised, we're not, we're not, I'm not being raised today. I've been raised my whole life. So we, we do have to try to understand because the question comes up, why didn't she leave? Why didn't she say no? That's, I hear that every single day for these instances. And we're, we need to understand the why and then hold the men accountable now for, okay, you understand this is wrong now, right? You understand that you have to do this now. So why are we still doing it? What what's going on here? And but it's but those those retrainings are take take a little take a little time to get our mind. I mean, we're not going to change the mind of Harvey Weinstein. That's that's the scary part is that these guys they believe that they're entitled. They believe that that's their right to to do this to the women. That they have money, they have power, and that's what they've that's why they have that money and power. I mean, you look at this guy, Dan uh, Brazilian or whatever his name is. He's trying to emulate that whole uh, 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 Hugh Hefner-esque experience where he's got all these young, beautiful girls surrounding him all the time. And he's he's made a lot of money as a gambler and, and selling pot. And he's he's out there and he's objectifying women by the thousands. He still believes he's entitled. He's got that mindset that he can do what he wants. And so it's a a huge cultural push. So what's his intention? What's Biden's intention? You know, we we do need to understand what people's intention is. Well, it sounds like his intentions are very clear. So (laughs) the people who are interacting with him have a pretty good understanding of what those intentions are. Myself, I would say avoid him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's the person who is cryptic and secret and and uh, stealth that you have to worry about. True. Stealth. Yeah. We'll right. talk about stealthing. So you can tell this is a passionate discussion for you because it's... Uh, it is. You fire up. 
I do. Well, it, I mean, it's it's intimately, I'm intimately involved with it. So when we, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about sex education and how that connects to the Me Too movement. Because oftentimes, I mean, when we hear sex education, we think, oh, we're going to be talking about condoms and penises and vaginas and all those things. So uh, we're going to kind of segue that into how that may influence the Me Too movement in a pretty drastic way. When we come back, more about the conscious living sexuality. We'll be right back. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communications specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Stay tuned in and turned on to a sexual evolution here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. What are we talking about today, babe? Boy, we're fired up and talking about me too. Yeah. Hard to talk about this without being fired up, and I think we need to be fired up because this requires an ongoing energetic force to keep it going. Yeah? It does, And, and and I hope that at some point we can put a positive spin on it. Because it degenerates into the the violent acts that have occurred in the past, and and we're hoping to prevent those. That should be a positive thing. Well, that's why why we're going into this new segment. Right. right. Yeah. So we're going to spin it. <clears throat> so, sex education and how this might be influencing the Me Too movement. And you know, sex education isn't something that happens just at school or in a book. Um, it happens with our uh, in our homes. And one of the things that's kind of an interesting uh, side point of the Me Too movement is it's it's drastically changed mother daughter conversations. So moms moms and daughters are having very different conversations than my mom and I had. So so you know. If I were to just keep passing down, which, you know, when you become a mother, I think you accidentally hear your your mom coming through your voice, you know, at times and you think, oh, my God, where'd that come from? So we just pass down what we've been taught, thinking that that's the right way to teach. 
But the, with this this shift in our consciousness, moms are talking to their daughters very differently. And so the younger generation, uh, the the girls that are now teens and in their in their twenties, do have a different perspective of se- their sexual rights, of their their uh, personal body domain, and their ability to say yes or no. So that's a beautiful part of this is that it's mm-hmm. it is shifting our shifting our consciousness that way. But I think that that when you talk to younger and younger and younger people, you see that they still need to hear this message. Every, oh, definitely. Every generation needs the new the new message so that it's passed on. And you and if it's going to be consistent, that could occur as part of a sex education course. And you've practiced refusal. I've watched you do that with people. Just create something silly or funny and tell the person no and see what their facial expressions are. Uh, none of us like to hear the word no. So we kind of dance around it and and try not to be embarrassed, try not to be to be hurt, uh, which would be uh, the unintended consequence. Um, but it, uh, uh, you know, so it, the, those can be practiced. They're actually physical things that can be practiced so that uh, it can be done more naturally when it needs to be. And I think it also could be practiced in a less harsh way. I mean, we can learn I'm uncomfortable with that instead of no, stop. Yeah. Or what the heck are you doing? You could be, you know, uh, please, you know, I need my personal space. Well, sadly, um, I, I have to I have to step in there because women have been doing that for a long time, and they're not being heard that it's a no. That that the 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 common the common response is, but she didn't say no. If she would have just said no, then I would have known that she said no. Now, whether that's just a piss poor excuse or not, I don't know, because when I did the um, I did a, a, an exercise in refusal uh, when I taught high school re- recently. And it was very fascinating because I invited a young girl up. There are seniors in high school. I invited a young girl up to practice the no. And I just asked her, may I touch your arm? And she, I, and I had instructed her to tell me no as firmly as she could. And so she was uncomfortable and she kind of went, no, and she giggled and kind of shrugged her shoulders and she kind of shrunk, you know, and had a smile on her face. So she was v- visibly uncomfortable saying no. So I asked the class to interpret it. And uh, many of the young men in the class said she didn't really mean no because of her body language, that that was more like a maybe and I should ask again. That they would push it because that was she she wasn't confident in her no. So when we when we try to be socially acceptable or politically correct in that way, and to say it in a way that's not going to hurt somebody's feelings or make them feel bad, um, oftentimes that in and of itself sends a mixed message that people don't know how to interpret. So what I'm hearing you say is that your intention is to hurt their feelings and they just need to get over it. Our intention is to be clear without any misunderstanding and that seems to have to be done in a, a, a more firm way of just frankly saying, no, I'm not interested. 
no, thank you. I'm not interested. I mean, you don't have to yell at them or scream at them or cuss at them, but to be, to just say without without getting giggly, you know, no, that doesn't interest me, and then continue the conversation. Uh, so, but we've been told that it's not okay to say the word no, or that we have to explain it. And when I taught these kids, I said, "There's two things you need to know. There's." Yes and no, and they're both complete sentences. You can say either one of them, and you don't have to qualify it. You don't have to say no, and this is why. You don't need to give an explanation. You can just own, you can own that. Um, so that. So that kind of thing is difficult, but when they practice it, and, and you practice this saying yes and saying no and saying it firmly, you, you do get more comfortable with it because it's just not socially been done. We've been so squeamish about saying no. And, and girls have been squeamish also about owning their yes is around sexuality as well because they're afraid of being shamed. And that's still happening. I talked to these 18-year-olds, 17, 18-year-olds. They're still afraid of being slut-shamed. So they don't know, they don't really know how to own either answer. So with this, uh, with this cultural shift, we do want to have more conversations. And, and ideally, I think these things would, would be conversed more in a more, in a more gentle for fashion so that people don't have to get so aggressive with their answer because usually that comes at a time where the person's not getting all the other nonverbals that you've been putting out. Well, I thought we were kind of doing away with the nonverbals. Well, I think nonverbal, you can't stop nonverbals. I mean, nonverbals are just that our body, our body responds to our, our wants and desires regardless. So those are happening whether we want them to or not, with our eye contact, with our body language, our positioning. But guys don't aren't necessarily reading those, or they don't want to read them if they're not what they want them to be. You know, if we're sitting at a bar side by side, and I don't turn my body to you at all, I'm not interested. But guys will lean in and creep around to be in front of you to show their interest without getting the clue that you haven't, you haven't met that interest and they'll get more and more in your space to get it, to try to get you to be interested instead of making an invitation and then waiting for you to respond. It's like, it's like there's a, and, and one of the things that, um, that I'm seeing consistently is that one of the other pieces of, of this information is that men have to curb their sense of entitlement. That 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 sh- that shift needs to happen. That nobody's entitled to get what they want every time they want to get it. You can you 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 certainly can express and ask, invite, but you don't you can't just take. And a lot of these uh, a lot of these guys have been taught, and especially some of the some different cultures, that women are for the taking. I mean, it's still happening. I see that. I saw that in some of these kids that I was talking to. They really didn't get, they hadn't gotten the message from their homes and their culture that women have the same rights as they do. So we do still have work to do. 
Right. I'm hearing that because we talk about this all of the time and, and right. um, I've, I've consciously suppressed any nonverbal cues. I, I'm starting to ignore nonverbal cues. So if a person wants to get my attention, um, as an example, they need to say, I, I need a moment of your time. Just standing there waiting for me isn't going to do it. Right. Speak your speak what you want. Right. Use words. Yeah, use your words. <laughs> we tell that to little kids all the time. Use your words. <laughs> so so I've I'm suppressing nonverbal communication now. Okay. As part of my evolution hmm. so that I don't have a misunderstanding. Okay. Because I think that if somebody leans in, that's a nonverbal versus them saying um, something verbally. And then, and then you could say, no, thanks. I'm having a discussion with my friends and tonight. Or you could turn around and face him and start talking to him. Right. So leaning in is a nonverbal. That's, that's something you just said was not acceptable. Well, you, you, if, yeah, I, you probably you weren't having the same uh, head vision I was. I'll explain it later. But I think the, the, I think it's always it's always um, invited if somebody is putting out a nonverbal and you're reading that nonverbal to ask for clarification. I mean, that's always okay. You know, your body language is telling me that you're not interested. Is that am I am I picking up on that? You know, is that accurate? I think that should be the only response, really, yeah. for nonverbal. Yeah. So I think it's 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 always good to clarify what a person's nonverbals are. Yeah, for sure. And that's how we learn to use our words. So sex education. So before we finish this break, let's or go to this break. Let's talk about sex education and what it's done in, in the university. So Columbia University study shows that students received refusal skills training were 50% less likely to experience penetrative sexual assault on campus. That's huge. That's absolutely the right direction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that the abstinence-only sex education did not have that same effect. So just telling kids not to have sex. I had somebody in a, in a Facebook post the other day say, we should just tell them if they're not comfortable, they should just abstain. And I, I had to kind of silently laugh, like, okay, how's that been working all these centuries, <laughs> you know? Telling kids not to have sex, not to be sexual. How's that working? But I think we need to teach kids how to say yes how to say no in a way that's clear and concise so that there's no misunderstanding and then give people the tools to leave a situation without worrying about hurting somebody's feelings. If you feel endangered. Right. No, you need to, need to get on your way. If there's ever a feeling of danger. Right. um, Or that a person's not listening or, or honoring your no. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't stay. You can't try to change them. Right. At that point, once, once you've heard one no, not listened to, time time to you know that's the the new the new way it works is that the evening's over and you need to move on for your safety. All right. So when we come back from the break, we're going to continue our um, our topic and kind of tie tie up some loose ends and hopefully leave you with some tools to talk to your kids in a different way, uh, talk to each other, to listen uh, and, and learn how to ask questions 
to make sure that people's intentions, that you're clear about their intentions. So we'll talk about intentions as we come back from the break. You're listening to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and we will be right back. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Well, welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. We're talking about the Me Too movement and the updates and what's happening. And some of the positive things that are happening in the world are that we are understanding that sex education and teaching uh, refusal techniques, practice refusal techniques, is really creating a positive uh, outcome. I think that that's really what we needed to see. Yeah. And um, I thank Columbia University for getting that information out. And I hope we have some more information that supports <laughs> that. Because then we know we're moving in the right direction. And, and yeah, and, you know, the sex education, just kind of a sideline, sex education is so much more than just talking about uh, body parts and, and what we do with them. <clears throat> when I teach sex education, I'm really teaching and the kids asked for more information about relationships and self-respect and body image and how to how to be in a relationship how do you know if it's a good and healthy relationship how to shift from the parent child relationship dynamic to adult adult relationship dynamic they really want to have strong healthy relationships as they go into adulthood and that's i think that's sex education it's really healthy family education so that's the modern <clears throat> the modern curriculum of a sex education class it's right. ironic that the old curriculum was body parts it was really biology yeah you have a period you have an erection this happens you do this and then you make a baby <laughs> yeah. thank you have a nice day <laughs> nothing about 
emotions or connection or or intimacy or any of those other parts that or the that, your favorite word surrounding sex orgasm <laughs> <laughs> yes dear that's that's it that's the word i have a lot of favorite words around sex i was was it pleasure pleasure <laughs> I just jumped right to the orgasm. Sorry. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you thought you could read my mind. <laughs> oh, that was the correct response. I know. I know you. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, sex education is, is so much more. And that's why parents who are afraid of sex education, please don't be afraid. Because it really is to help your kids grow up and have a really healthy, happy, sexual, intimate, um, uh, interpersonal relationship with with, the, with their partner. That's Absolutely, what it's yes. about. Yes, conversation. I think that that's you know again all of these concepts tie together, and having the oasis so that you can have a truthful conversation with the people that you're intimate with mm-hmm. is critical. And it's those transitions, those new people that you're getting to know uh, is where you have to be more careful and calculated because you never give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Not until you have a long track record. You know, that that is an old an old term that was used in places where people could give you the benefit of the doubt because they knew your overall character. So that should actually be kind of part of a sex education class. It is. Yeah, when I teach. So what other things are in a sex education class? Uh, communication, how to how to read body language, um, how to how to ask for clarification, <clears throat> how to exp- how to understand your own intentions and then to be able to express those in a way that gives the other person a clear picture of what you're looking for, what your drive is, and how to how to live authentically, how to be truthful to yourself. So in these sex education classes, do you cover the concept of how people dress and sexy dress and and uh, those concepts? Oh, I talk about um, body image and uh, self-expression and that you can't interpret what somebody else is giving you permission to do or think based on how they're presenting. That how a person is presenting is about them, not you. And I think a lot of times uh, how if women who've dressed provocatively or sexy or guys who really dress up, that somehow that either of those is saying what they want you to do with them or what they're giving permission for you to do with them that's incorrect that that they're just self-expressing it's like a person who dyes their hair blue they just want to have blue hair they like blue hair it makes them feel good it says nothing about what about you just about them right well they want to be noticed they like the blue hair. It makes them feel good. I don't know that they even want to be noticed. I think they they look in the mirror and they go, I love my blue hair. I got blue hair. You know, it's like you, you feel it just makes them feel good being in their body. So I think, uh, you know, women who dress provocatively, they do so because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel sexy. It makes them feel powerful. Whatever. It's about them. 
And it certainly isn't giving any other human being permission to do anything to them. What other questions did they ask in the sex education class? Uh, they ask about how to how to reveal who they really are to their families. That's a big one because there's a, you know, we, we know that the, the percentage of kids that are in the LGBTQ community, um, it's, it's uh, in the hundreds of thousands in the United States. And so there's, there's lots of kids that are struggling with feeling honored by their families to be who they want to be and to be who they are. And so a lot of children are feeling rejected by their, by their, by their social groups and by their familial groups. So they want to know how to live authentically in a world that's judgmental of them and how to have relationships that are healthy in those, in those different cultural uh, conditions. So it's, you know, they're, they're dealing with deep stuff. It's not, it's not a matter of, uh, I mean, they, believe me, they've been raised with the internet. They know all about all the sexual positions. They know all about oral sex, anal sex. They know all that stuff. We don't have to teach them that. We don't have to teach them how to have sex. They know how to have it. They're doing it, but they're not getting out of it what they really want. And that is to feel safe and loved and to know how to protect themselves and to know how to say no when they really don't want it. So in, in the sex education classes, do they um, advise people or teach them how to have that own personal conversation with themselves? Am yes. I ready for sex? Am yes. I- <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So that they know that, that if they're having sex, that it's, it's, a, it's a 100% mutual experience, that they, that they don't uh, allow anybody else to pressure them, male or female, that they don't, they don't allow anybody else to put their, their desires, their pressure onto them, that they get, to, they get to own their own. And I talk a lot about self-pleasure, you know, learning, how, learning about your body, taking on that responsibility of your own pleasure so that you don't feel compelled to have to have somebody else give that to you both men and women, and that when you are with a partner that you can teach them what you like. It's interesting to see the boundaries of the Me Too movement and how it's really asked us to rethink all things that have to do with personal space, which obviously has a lot to do with sexual interaction. Yes. And so we're <clears throat> in the process of rebuilding all of our etiquette uh, around the social uh uh, sexual activities and how we and how we view other people's role in our sexual intimate life you know that nobody owes us that and that we have to have it, it has to be a, a co- mutually consensual exchange of sexual energy otherwise somebody's going to feel perhaps assaulted and sexual assault doesn't have to look like a violent rape to still feel like it's a violation of your own personal space or desires. Well, it will be better when people are more clear of what they want. I think that's uh, that's going to be a, a great time for us. Well, you know, we're ending our show, and I mean, I don't know how these things happen uh, so quickly to be gone, but we're going to be back next week with another sexy topic for you. And uh, we appreciate all the support uh, from Sibian, really 
that has been talking about women's sexual health and communication around this. Yeah, sex positive sex education. Sex positive education for over 30 years. So to, may I remember to love more, laugh harder, and kiss longer. Be back next week. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. Thank you for joining us this week for the Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then 
toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throws of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.